Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of October 13th. I'm DirtOnDirt.com staff writer Joshua Joyner, joined by the rest of the DOD editorial staff, Todd Turner, Kevin Kovac, and Robert Holman, to discuss all of the latest news, results, and notable topics of Dirt Late Model Racing. This week, we got a a lot to discuss after a busy weekend, so we're going to kind of jump right into it. Uh, We had, I would say, five big winners on the weekend. You had Jonathan Davenport sweeping the Lucas Oil Series uh, races at Dixie Speedway, Rome Speedway down in Georgia, and Devin Moran uh, sweeping the Race Fest weekend at West Virginia Motor Speedway, Frank Heckenass Jr. winning the Falls Frenzy at Fairbury, and Zach Dome winning at Richmond. That's four. The fifth one, the fifth big winner, was Tim McCready, who uh, clinched the Lucas Oil Series championship with uh, one race left to go, the Dirt Track World Championship this week. I want to start with the Lucas Oil weekend down in Georgia. We kind of all I see, seem to agree that Brandon Overton is the top driver this year, probably headed toward driver of the year, almost unanimous, I think, at this point. But uh, I would say that Jonathan Davenport had a little bit to say about that, showed that he's still, uh, you know, he's considered this, I guess, second in that ranking, if you will, and he's been second in our top 25 for a long time now, and that's been a few weeks at number one. But uh, I'd say he, he earned back a little bit of that, you know, top driver status you know, showed that he's still a force to reckon with, even though he's out of the Lucas Oil points chase uh, and and doesn't have quite as many big victories as Overton. You guys uh, think it was a pretty impressive performance by him. Uh, Kevin, what do, you, what do you think after uh, J.D. swept the weekend there for the Lucas Oil series? Oh, yeah, that definitely was an impressive performance. Uh, I mean, for I, I didn't even realize he'd never won at Dixie. That was pretty uh, notable in itself. Uh, he was pretty excited just to get a win there, like he had said that, He's from Georgia, but he never really ran there when he was uh, kind of starting out because he, he he thought of that place as such a, uh, you know, the the cream of the crop, the biggest track in, in his home state and kind of shied away from it until he was really ready to go. And and he, uh, so he hasn't really run there a lot uh, except for special shows in the in the past few years. But uh, he finally got one and and to beat Overton two nights in a row uh, in Georgia. Pretty, pretty cool uh, weekend for him. Uh, and really, I mean, you think about it with with Davenport. If it wasn't if it wasn't for Overton being so exceptional, especially you know if he, if he didn't sweep that, if he doesn't sweep that uh, Eldora Dreams in in the in the in June, it would be a little bit closer in the driver of the year. I mean, that obviously is going to put him over the top. But having a World 100 USA Nationals for Davenport, I mean, he's he's got some good wins, and he's almost got as many wins as uh, as uh, he as as Overton does. So. Uh, it's it's really been a good year for for Davenport and, and coming back from last year too. I mean, we we've talked about it before, but only five wins last year. <laughs> He's uh, uh, five times that much now. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty uh, pretty impressive what he's been able to do. Yeah, it's been I think a great year for him, and it, it's kind of overshadowed a little bit because of uh, you know Overton's great year, and also because you know the, the points situation on. Um, you know, on the Lucas Oil Tour, if you take away his speed weeks, you know, that's probably a different story there. And of course, the, the races he missed because of COVID. Yeah. That's a and, and one other note on, there. on Davenport also, it's like he had, he hasn't had like the, I guess, uh, of late, probably since the middle of July, he hasn't really been on those big hot streaks like he was this weekend. Uh, until he won at Luke, the Lucas Oil race uh, at Dixie, he hadn't won since I-80 in, in July. I think, what was I, um, it was in July, that was his last win which was, I mean, 19 races he went without a Lucas Oil win, which is pretty, I mean, wow, I, I kind of, that, that time flew by there, and I didn't even realize that. 
Yeah, it's funny. I was actually just about to mention that last week. I think I mentioned at the end of the podcast that we had gone the whole episode without mentioning Jonathan Davenport. Um, and so I think he, he must have taken offense to that, but he, I guess, and decided to make up for it this weekend. So uh, obviously a big weekend for him. Uh, you guys think uh, one thing I, I was I was when I was doing the top 25 earlier today, I was I was looking in uh, Overton, who last year won just about everything in his home state. At one point he had he had won like eight in a row in his home state. I think included an outlaw win or two in there. Um, he didn't have the Dixie and Rome races last year, a chance to win those. This year, he, he did win at Cochran earlier this year, the rescheduled um, uh, Gobbler. Other than that, he hasn't won in his home state. Uh, and he didn't, I think, in three tries with National Touring Series, didn't win any of those. Uh, a little bit, you know, for as well as he's done elsewhere, obviously just been on fire. Uh, uh, Todd, do you feel like that's a little bit maybe disappointing uh, to, to end the year, most likely? Um, you know, there's a big race at Sonoy, and not sure what he's going to do with that, but uh, that without a big win in his home state. Well, I wouldn't count him out from winning something in Georgia and, and all the, the 49 other states at, the, at this point, the way he's <laughs> going. But uh, really, you know, he and Davenport, both Georgia, you know, Georgia natives coming up there, uh, being re- up front at Dixie and Rome. And maybe that's what makes catches my eye mostly about that is how, you know, those guys that you can talk about, oh, these guys are dominating and they're having a great season or whatever. And then they can go out and run one, two, two nights in a row. I mean, you know, the other guys are just looking at looking up there thinking, I don't know, it's almost like you're running for best in class sometimes when guys get on rolls like that, especially Overton, you know, just, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. So the Georgia, uh, the Georgia connection there at Dixie and Rome, kind of an all Georgia weekend. Yeah, definitely impressive performance by the two Peach State drivers there. Robert Holman, any, uh, anything to jump out to you before we move on from, uh, uh, the Lucas Oil weekend in Georgia. We'll talk about uh, Tim McCready wrapping up the championship in a minute, but anything else as far as the races go, uh, jump out to you, Robert? No, just, uh, you know, Davenport's season, it's – I wish that I was could, could have that type of a year and and people be like, oh, he's not running that great. He's, you know, he's – he's Overton is a little bit better than him and – you know, I would love to have that type of year, and, and I would love to be second best at, at this level. Think about that. You know, remember back in May, we were wondering what, what was wrong with Jonathan Davenport. I think he had won two Lucas Oil races at the time, and I don't think he won anything in May, and then he goes to Magnolia and sweeps that weekend. Man, he's capable of, of reeling off two or three wins at a time at any time of the season, you know, regardless of, of – I don't know. Sometimes he gets in a funk, and if it's like he's, he's testing something, or if he's just if things just don't go his way, or if he's at a track that doesn't suit him, or whatever. But he's just then all of a sudden you you count him out, and here he comes back and he wins two or three races in a row, and and so it's obviously it's no surprise or shock that he he goes down there to to Dixie and Rome, and even though he does say that you know he kind of avoided uh, Dixie, especially in his younger career you know a younger part of his career he kind of stayed away from that place and he's not the only one I mean Dixie's not the easiest place to get around so you know I don't think it's a a shock that that JD goes down there and reels off two wins so you know you know to to be second best at this level at this point of the season no shame in that whatsoever absolutely and uh uh, speaking of uh, running having great years there's there's a couple of big winners or other big winners on the weekend that I would say added to uh, 
impressive campaigns, uh, one of those being uh, Devin Moran winning at West Virginia Motor Speedway, another win at West Virginia Motor Speedway. He's now won three straight there. That was the two this weekend and going back to a 10,000 win race there in August. Uh, Kevin, I know you've kind of, you, I think you were at one of the races at West Virginia earlier this year. Um, you just kind of, obviously, just how, how is he so good there? And, and what, what fits that, that place fit Evan Moran's driving style, you feel like? I, I heard him say in, in victory lane this time, he, uh, he had said, he goes, man, I, it's in my, uh, it's in my uh, uh, DNA almost there, you know, because his father was always good at a big track like that. And his father had won some, won a lot of money there uh, in his career back at, you know, like 30 years ago or so. And, uh, but uh, he has, he, he does seem to run well at, at, at some bigger tracks and, and that place is, he, he had really bad luck there at the beginning of the year. He could have probably won every race he's been at. He's been in contention uh, every time he was there. I was there for the June doubleheader um, the week before the Dreams, and he was right there in the mix for both wins and that Jonathan Davenport got and, and got flat tires. And he got a flat tire in the first race, uh, the reopener back in April. And I remember talking to him uh, after the third one, uh, that Saturday night race in June, and He's like, I don't, I don't know. What do I got to do here? Do I got to put some sort of what? I got to put something in my tires so they don't, <laughs> so they don't get flats or something. So I, I don't use air or something, you know. But he just couldn't avoid the the flats. But uh, I think some, uh, a lot of guys didn't get flats. Now there was a lot of guys that got flats in those first three races. The last three, especially this uh, this past weekend, it, it wasn't the case. I mean, I didn't see flat tires really at all. Uh, uh, no outbreak of them. And, and I think that goes to show about how the racetrack has come around too. Uh, the track was kind of rough and had rocks in it and they've had time to get back and hadn't run for a decade. Now they've gotten it back on track. Uh, Cody Watson, the promoter there, and, and uh, it's still going to have some trouble getting cars, but if the track is like it was this weekend, they should be better because it wasn't uh, tearing up cars. I t- actually, I talked to, Sean Martin from uh, Max Blair's, uh, the Viper Motorsports owner, who f- Max finished second in, in both races uh, and it was passed for the lead in lap traffic in the first night by De- uh, Devin. And the second night, Devin got him on the start and, you know, they kind of just stayed, you know, uh, 10 car lengths or so. And they never got into lap traffic that night. But Sean Martin had said he, he, that track really slowed down on Saturday. It was smooth. It slowed down. Uh, they weren't even really pushing them up. People talk about how hard it is on motors and, and Sean said they didn't even get to 8,000 RPMs uh, during that show because uh, the track had slicked up a lot. And, and, and so they, they didn't abuse their equipment. And, uh, and, and that's a, that's a key thing. I think, you know, going off topic from Devin a little bit, but just for the future, they have to keep it uh, smooth and, and a little slicker like that. So it, it is a, a more, uh, possible for guys to run that show yeah it's 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 no secret there that the uh the the abuse or uh the toll that that place that speeds and uh that place takes on engines i think is what keeps uh, some drivers away so uh, it's good to hear that perhaps it's slowing down a little bit and be a little better uh, easier on equipment and because they i know they have some big plans there uh, for the future and and obviously we want to see good car counts there uh other big winner on the weekend uh, to talk about real quick, we'll talk about Frank Heckenass Jr. Uh, winning at Fairbury. And what's really seems like it's been an up and down year for him where he goes quiet at times and you really kind of forget he's he's not really doing much. And then he breaks out and gets a big win. That's the third five-figure payday for him this this year. It was $15,000. He's got two tens. He won on the World of Outlaws. Todd, how would you, uh, how would you rank his season there for Heckenass after uh, his big win this, this past weekend? I mean, it's 
probably his best season if you look at it all count those three five figure paydays i know the, this this win the other night at fairbury was special to him to win win at that track uh uh and when his the most money he's won at that track you know you know frank's one of those guys and, and i love frank because he the way he looks at it is very he he kind of like looks at his career and looks at his uh status and what he needs to do to get better and to get you know what what every driver wants to get to the crown jewels and the biggest races uh and he i think this year you know i talked with him several times on the summer nationals one of those weeks i was on was his best stretch he won uh he won led led and then that was right for his his world of outlaws victories and he was really doing well uh and then he fell off a little bit, like you said, but then now he's come back. He's uh, um, he's one of those guys, I think he can get up in his head a little bit, worried about being good enough or, or getting better. Uh, but I think when he sits back and looks back at this season, he'll be pretty pleased. Maybe not, you know, he'll see some things that could have been better and, and uh, you know, something that he'll need to improve for in years to come. But uh but he's uh, a pretty good season, even though I guess just four wins total, uh, but three big ones there. Uh, Frank, um, um, I guess he's won two at Fairbury this year. That's not an easy place to win. You know, a lot of times the Fairbury guys are, are really the Fairbury guys. So the guys that break through there, and Frank is one of those to kind of jump in there and, and win one or win a couple uh you know that's that 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 track is not just everybody rolls in there and runs well there so uh, for him to do so good and so convincingly the other day you know he he was on the bottom there uh and then just moved to the top and just smoothly pulled away very impressive uh for that fifteen thousand dollar victory it's a long one thing you point out there Todd. it's a long season and it's hard for you know drivers to kind of stay on top the whole time unless you're a Brandon Overton or, and even Jonathan Davenport has, as we talked about, has had times where he's kind of had lulls. But uh, so, so when it's, it's, I think for someone like Heckenass, you know, to get those big wins throughout the year, at, when you come, when you stand back and look at it at the end of the season or towards the end of the season now, uh, it's still an impressive year, I would say, even though at times it's felt maybe not so, uh, so, so good. Um, and another guy I'll kind of point out that does kind of has done that same thing is Zach Dome this weekend. Um, you know, he gets a big win there at the Butterball race at Richmond Raceway in Kentucky. And you realize hey, it's a $20,000 payday. And it's like, he just had a $20,000 payday earlier this year. And you, you realize what kind of it seemed like, you know, maybe if you did before this week and maybe, maybe thought about Dome, you'd say it's not been his best year, not a great year, but now he's got two uh, $20,000 victories on the year. So I would say a pretty good year for him going. Wouldn't you uh, agree, Robert? You know, it, it definitely has been, you know, I think if you look back and you think about Zach Dome, what, in the past you're like okay he was he ruled those tracks right around there in in the kentucky area and kind of his region right there and he won several races and um i guess a couple years ago he 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 was if you went there to race you were going to run second to to zach dome you know but then you look at his kind of body of work this year and i think he's won eight special events but they all have it. Of course, you mentioned the twenty thousand dollars that he won at, at at Beckley Motorsports Park there back in July. Uh, you know, he's won at I seventy seven. He's won at Tyler County. He's won at Hilltop. Of course, now he's won. In, you know, his richest race there at Richmond. 
and that was his second win at Richmond. You know, he won that another ultimate race there, ultimate Hall of Fame race there at Richmond back in April. Uh, and of course, he's won at Ponderosa. So, uh, and I think he's won maybe two races at Beckley. I think he won a five thousand and a twenty thousand. So, so it's not just those, you know, two or three tracks there, uh, right there in his area in his region. It's it's expanded still in the region of course but it's expanded to to some other tracks which is makes him a threat almost anywhere you know that, that he goes and and i think that it doesn't seem like he's had as good a year as he had a year or two ago because he was reeling them off in a hurry and they were all but they were all like like fives maybe five or ten thousands but now he's won anything from two to a couple fives a seventy five hundred and then these two $20,000 to win races. I think when you look at, like I said, at his body of work as a whole, it has been an exceptional year for, for Zach Dome. And kind of like Todd mentioned about Frankie, I think he's probably going to look at it and say, you know, we had some problems. We had some struggles right here. Or we couldn't get our, our new car going as good as we wanted to right here. But I think when you sit back at, you know, at Christmas time and you're looking at, at the season as a whole, I, I can't. I can't imagine him not being pleased overall with, with, uh, you know, 2021. Yeah, definitely. A, like I said, a pair of $20,000 plus victories got to be pretty happy with that. Plus all those other, uh, wins he's had mixed in through throughout the season. Speaking of a, a, a year to be pleased with, I, I would imagine that Tim McCready, uh, with the season that he's had, uh, on the Lucas Oil series, especially here, here lately, he's really seemed like he turned up, uh, the wick and winning as far as winning races here in the second half of the season. But uh, Kevin, you talked about this, I think right after speed weeks, how he was planning on uh, focusing specifically on the Lucas old tour. He hasn't gone off and done a lot of racing uh, in other events. He's taken weekends off or other guys have, you know, raced more than ever. It seems like this year uh, I would imagine, you know, it's gotta be a rewarding uh, accomplishment uh, for McCready, especially, you know, we're going back, I think 15 years uh, since he's won in, you know, his first national touring title with the world of outlaws back in 2006. Uh, and now he finally gets that second one. So I'd imagine uh, quite an accomplishment uh, for him and, and his team uh, to wrap it up with a, with a race left to go uh, to cl officially clinch it at Rome. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I get 15 years ago. It was, that was only his third full season, 2006 uh, of, of dirt late model racing. Uh, I mean, I mean t actually in 2004, when he was a rookie with the outlaws, he still was going back and forth uh, between modif big blocks and then he'd fly up and run a lot of big block races during that time also. So uh, maybe you could even say it was actually as a second, uh, you know, focused totally on late model racing when he won the championship. And you're like, man, there's going to be a lot of more, but you know, things happen in there, you know, like he, he ended up the next year he and he went and did some uh, NASCAR racing, uh, in the Xfinity, Xfinity series and ARCA and all. And, and uh, so that kind of took him out of that. And then he hurt his back also in a chili bowl wreck. So that kind of messed him up for that. And then he, when he finally came back and, and settled back in the late model race and he, uh, he, I don't know, he never quite had the, I don't know, maybe you could say that late model racing was, it was changing a little bit where you were going towards a, you know, it was a, a lot about the team and making sure you had all that, those crew guys that you need, the, the manpower. And he always had some, you know, struggles with that. He had great equipment with, uh, with the Sweeteners Plus team that he was with for so long from the New York team with owner Carl Myers. And, uh, 
but he, he he never had the steadiness there. You know, we always had some troubles with the hauler. I mean, he's going to get to the racetrack. Remember, he won the World 100 with the little uh, enclosed trailer and a dually pulling it. Um, so there was always a lot of other things happening. And uh, and he nearly won the Lucas Oil Series a, a, a few years ago. I mean, man, he was right down to the wire at, at Portsmouth and Dirt Track World Championship and just lost out with, you know, got a flat tire during the, the Dirt Track World Championship and made a great comeback and, and still fell short. So I think that was something that was always kind of, a, he, he's wanted that championship now. He, he was going to get, it. he's a very determined race car driver. I know he's very proud, very confident. He knows that he could win championships. Uh, he's that kind of driver and win the biggest races. And, and he, and he's got a team now, you know, with, with, uh, uh, Donald and Gina Bratcher, the Paler Motorsports, where they really have everything. I mean, this, this is what he's kind of, everything is, he doesn't even have to worry about too much now. Like they let him, he has the crew guys that are, that are good, not just one. He has several and, and they almost say like, Hey, concentrate on the race car, concentrate on the racetrack. He doesn't have, and he, he can go home. He doesn't have to be at the shop all the time. So. He's in a good spot, and I think that showed this year. He's so steady all year, and and he did skip the Fairbury Prater Classic. He skipped the USA Nationals. Those are races that he's won, and he kind of re, regrouped a little bit during those times, get himself going. I mean, he's ever since then, since August, he's been top three almost every race with the Lucas Oil Series, really finished strong. I love story. Sure, he'd want some more wins. He'd want some of those crown jewels that he was finished second in this year, but to win another championship, it's uh, – uh, it definitely is a big, big deal for, for Tim and it kind of an accomplishment, uh, personal too, I'm sure for him. Yeah. And, and hearing him throughout the, the season, especially as it's kind of wound down here and these guys come, like, you know, he's getting close to clinching it. You could tell um, that he was uh, really, you know, I think, wanted that championship and it felt like it had been something he's been striving for for a while. I remember, I think it was. Smith when he won there back in September, uh, Labor Day, where he said it had been over two decades since he won his first championship, and he was thinking it had been 25 years. He was adding a decade to all of our <laughs> lives there. Um, so that tells you how long it felt like to him. He had gone between. Um, I remember hearing that interview, and and uh, I meant to cor- correct him next time I saw him, but um, I'm sure he figured that out. But yeah, 15 years between uh, championships for him. Uh, Todd, uh, can you do you feel you know you were covering the sport obviously whenever McCready came came uh came on came over to late models um do you feel like he maybe uh appreciates this one a little bit more than that first one since he won it so soon into his career do you think this one maybe appreciates a little more yeah i think so and i think he's kind of talked about that i mean it it does it is hard to believe it's been 15 years i'm i remember this is like at North Georgia Speedway. This may have been in the end of 93 or something when he was just getting started. And he was over there, and, and McDowell was there that night, and Eckert, and they were kind of helping him. And he was really kind of still a novice in some degree to in a late model at that point. And, yeah, it's hard, hard to imagine really so quickly that he won a championship. And, and as Kevin noted, his ups and downs and all the things he's done. But 15 years, it's hard It's hard to believe. But I think what he said the other night about his consistency is really what got him there this year. I mean, he is just super steady. And, and, and yeah, the, there are some drivers that just don't win lots. They don't win boatloads. And he's kind of one of those guys. You know, Steve Francis was kind of like that. They win. They're champions. 
but they don't just, you know, they don't go crazy like some of these guys do with uh, heaters where they win, you know, 10 out of 15 races or something. But that that wins you titles and national championships. And and, and he outran Davenport, uh, who, who we just talked about before, has had such a great season. Of course, O'Neill ends up, will, will probably end up second in the points there. Uh, and he had a great season, too, with a new team. But, but McCready just kind of like, bludgeon them with his consistency you know you're not going to gain uh gain points on him when he's just running so steady especially this last stretch of the season yeah definitely he was uh he was at his best and again doesn't mean necessarily winning every race but just performing consistently and consistently well uh when it mattered when every time it seemed like davenport was going to make a run at him uh he would you know turn it around and, and have a string of, of, of podium finishes and a win or two here and there to to uh, to to uh, kind of hold him off and and uh, hold on to it there, uh, Robert. It, this kind of brings up an interesting point as, as Todd kind of compared uh, 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 McCready's season and winning the championship and being really consistent, kind of the, the points racing style of doing it. Although he had his fair share of wins, um, but not winning as much as say as a, as a Davenport. Uh, I, I wonder when you when you look at these guys, you know, both both from the season standpoint and overall for a career standpoint, where does that national touring championship where does it rank like how big of a deal is that compared to let's say a, a you know a, a world 100 victory or a dream or, or some of the other big victories how do where do you think most guys uh most drivers at that level would 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 view that accomplishment winning a national touring championship you know clearly that's a uh clearly that's a question you know that that each driver would have to answer in terms of of what their goals and, and and whatnot are but i think that if your goal as a regional driver is to get to that level and and to run a national tour then clearly your goal is to win a national title you know and so i think that that uh that would have to you know probably rank probably second or third behind only the world 100 and the and the dirt track world championship or the world 100 and the dream one of those you know couple of races right there i think that if you put individual races i don't think there are are many individual races that rank above winning a touring title uh, i think that they are few and far between um less than five and, and again i've named the three that i i only think that rank above a, a touring title and that's you know the world the dream and the dirt track world championship i don't think there's another cedar lake you know the, the races in the midwest of you know fairberries I, I don't think any of those events uh career-wise rank above uh you know a winning winning a championship uh on a on a national tour because when you go out and win a national championship like that you have put forth the type of effort year long not just one race not just the type of deal where it's, you got hot in a, a week or two or not just a deal where you um won you showed up and and you you know what if you won cedar lake and you were running third on the last lap and you know it was a daytona incident in type you know two guys take each other out and you win you still won it but is it really as satisfactory as as a year long chase and pursuit of of excellence, you know, and and winning a title like that? Plus, it pays pretty good. The World of Outlaws and Lucas both pay really handsome at the end of the year. So, um, I, I think that it ranks 
I'm going to go ahead and say top three, only behind, you know, a couple of races. And I guess that, that it's up to each individual driver to decide which those races are. But I don't see many of them that are that are out there, you know. Yeah, definitely. You bring up an interesting point or making it, you know, an interesting note that it's really kind of up to the individual driver where they view it. And, and perhaps that, you know, that accomplishment of doing something over the, the whole season and not just one weekend or one night. Uh, might mean a little more, Todd. I'm, I'm wondering what you think, and you obviously have a you know a good appreciation of historically of the sport. Um, you know, you keep up with most of our historical section on dirt on dirt. When when you're on there looking and you're looking at that list of you know uh, champions that have won World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil, um, going back have Tampa and, and on back into the the uh, the history there. What does it? How how important is it for the guys that can you know we consider the elite level and consider themselves at elite level? to have that national tour, to have their name on that list of national tour champions. Do you think it's something you got to have to really have a complete resume uh, at the top level of this sport? Uh, to, to some degree. I mean, uh, um, you know, in other sports kind of have this, oh, he's a 300 win pitcher in baseball or whatever. You know, some things are kind of automatic. They like put you in the, the pantheon of the, the sports greats. And, and definitely to, to have that on your resume and to have multiple those on your resume really seem into you. But, uh, but uh, there's, you know, I, I was even looking back, like, who, who are the best drivers without national touring championships? And so, and you can argue about how this works, because our sport has been, you know, pseudo-regional, you know, what what's national, what's not. But I, I would say the NDRA, the original, was the original national touring season, the Habitat Series, the Habitampa Extreme Series, and now, of course, uh, more clearly in this era, the last uh, 15 or so years, um, we've had the Lucas Oil and the World of Outlaws, clearly national touring championships. And you don't have, I mean, I, I picked out a couple of guys that don't have them. Donnie Moran, um, now he, he was a little bit before, you know, the timing of your career, if you, weren't, if you haven't been racing during the full breadth of the Lucas Oil World of Outlaws era, you don't have as much chance to win one, but Donnie Moran is one. Um, uh, Rick Auckland, Bill Fry, Jack Boggs, and again, Boggs ran in, in the NDRA era, not so much a chance in these others. So most of the guys who don't have national championships, who are among the best drivers, um, you know, were in the earlier years. Um, so, so I think that kind of answers our question a little bit. If you go down there and look at the the list of drivers that have won the Lucas Oil or World of Outlaws title, you are just clicking off the best drivers of our era for sure. Um, and there's some guys that that haven't done that because they've been more independent drivers. Like we're seeing Brandon Overton this year. Talked about him having the best season. Not a national touring guy. And I guess two prominent guys in our era are Jimmy Mars and Brian Burkhofer, who had who did run most full seasons a time or two on these tours. Uh, you know, one of the national type tours, but but never won one. Uh, so, so there is still that little splinter of, of drivers that aren't national touring regulars who, who can kind of uh, create an, an amazing career. But if you can hang your resume on, on a national touring title, that, uh, uh, you know, that establishes you for sure. Uh, and just like Robert was talking about, I think in our sport, it's, it's national touring titles and wins at Eldora, the, the, those, those two kind of elevate you regardless of what the rest of your career is. 
where would you put like a, uh, a Ronnie Johnson on that list? A guy that's won the dirt track world championship multiple times and the Southern all-star deal, but never has, you know, he ran second to Bloomquist how many times when he was teammates with him, you know, in those races uh, with the Hampa, have a Tampa deal, where would you put a guy like, like RJ, who's a, a clearly a hall of famer, multiple dirt track world championship guy, but never, doesn't have a, a, a national touring title. Yeah, he was he was on the list that I had. His timing, as far as national touring stuff, was you know he didn't get to do the Lucas Lucas and World of Outlaws stuff as much. But yeah, he clearly was a have a Tampa era star. So yeah, he as a matter of fact, he was the second guy on my list of of kind of the current drivers. I know he's not running nationally now, but the current drivers who haven't won. Chub Frank maybe, and Kevin may speak to that. Chub Frank may be the biggest name that does not have a national touring title. Now, Stars titles, and lots of people in those in the 90s would argue that the Stars, even though it wasn't national in scope, to win a Stars title was huge. Uh, so, uh, but I would say, yeah, so another couple names I had was uh, Chubb and Ronnie Johnson, of course, Overton, Burkhoffer, Mars, and then some of the younger guys, um, you know, Bobby Pierce, what is he, will he, eventually go and do national touring stuff and win, win him, uh, win a national touring title, which his father also did not do. Uh, but, uh, but I think that's a good point, uh, with Ronnie, Ronnie really kind of slides in that timing there where, where he didn't get to run the Lucas oil world of outlaw stuff. Uh, uh, but boy, <laughs> he's still winning a lot of races though. <laughs> Yeah, I think kind of what you're, uh, what I'm gathering from this is it kind of depends on not necessarily the driver, but a lot. There's a lot that factors into whether what a national tour championship means, uh, the timing of it, you know, the national tour being prominent, uh, and 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 then also it being, um, you know, for the driver, is the driver actually competing for it? And when you you mentioned some guys, I think it'd be interesting to see as we look back in the future, look back and you see a guy like Bobby Pierce, you know, does he ever win one? The question though is, does he does he try, you know, to win one? Uh, Overton, same thing. Um, whereas you, if you compare them to say a guy like maybe Tyler Herb, who's been running national a national touring for going on four or five years now, if you know if he continues national touring over that same time and and wins a bunch of races but never gets a title, you know, how do you compare that, Kevin? What's your thoughts there? Is is it? I guess you kind of have to kind of stack them up and, and look at them what they actually tried to accomplish or is it a matter of just looking at that list and seeing if their names you know, are there? Yeah. It's oh, like when you, when you talk like about Ronnie Johnson, he was in that, I guess maybe his prime national years are probably in that late eighties to the, through the nineties. And, and there was only one national tour, you know, with, with have a Tampa and, and uh, Bloomquist and Moyer and Freddie Smith, those guys were kind of the, the guys that there wasn't as many to go around. It wasn't two of them like there is now, but, uh, and I think it really does. The national tour does matter. I mean, winning that thing. And I, 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 I'm sure that in no matter, even how great Brandon Overton has done this year, he still wants to win a national tour. And, uh, and he's only 30 years old and I think he will get one of them, but he also, cause he, he started out running, you know, nationally with the world of outlaws. So he knows that it's, uh, um, that kind of helped him become a better driver being out there and, and running all those different tracks and with the top guys and, and, you know, just taking his hard knocks out there. And I, he, he'll, he'll, he said that before just beating up and down the road and he learned a lot and, and he wants to win one of those titles. And I think 
that he will be going for one eventually. He He's kind of like not done it the last couple of years here now because he said he wanted to make sure everything was in place. He wants, he knows what it takes to do it from running those years with less stuff. And now he wants to make sure when he goes back out there and does it, he's 100%, got the manpower, got the equipment. And, and obviously he does now because how good he's doing, uh, how, how well he's doing with, uh, uh, you know, just his hit and miss schedule, his limited, his uh, special event schedule. He'll win one. Um, all, all those guys. I mean, you look at Eldora winners, almost all, there aren't many probably that don't have national touring titles because that makes a driver better when they're out there running all over the place and, and, and running uh, on a, with a, a set schedule like that. And so uh, I, I think it, it, there is a little bit of uh, a, a timing now, but now with two national tours, it, it, it definitely does matter because you have, uh, you don't, you don't just have maybe 10 spots. You have 20 spots that people can go out and run a national tour and make it, make it happen, you know, and two guys are going to win each year. So I, I, I think, uh, National tours are big deals. Absolutely big deals. And also a little, like I, I think you kind of alluded to with, you know, you have the two chances. It's almost like now if you consider yourself elite driver and you at least attempt to run a national tour and you don't have one, it's almost more of a, like you have to have it to like, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not saying everyone has one like cause they don't, we, we listed off drivers who don't, but like if you kind of need that to consider yourself in that, elite status especially if you are following a national tour full-time for multiple years uh you know and, and and going for it you know uh and again especially if you're like mccready and you're not a guy who just racks up win after win after win having that uh national title on your resume shows you know that you kind of did it a different way you might not have won as many races uh as some of those guys but you you know you were consistent you were uh you know always, almost always a contender uh you know and, and and up front most of the time not hot and cold like some of those some of those other guys tend to be uh, but definitely an interesting uh, debate there. Um, you know, I, I think I think we all kind of fall in the same category. It's, it's a big deal, not as big as perhaps the races at Eldora, maybe another race or two might uh, rank above it, um, but uh, still a big deal for sure. And again, congrats to Tim McCready on getting his uh, first Lucas Oil title, uh, clinching it. And also, we hadn't really talked a whole lot about it, but Brandon Shepard uh, has already clinched the, the World of Outlaws title. Or has he officially clinched it? Uh, Kevin. Yeah, he's yes, far yes. ahead okay. now. Yes, yeah. I, I thought so. Okay, so yeah, pretty, pretty sure much, I, I guess. I well. guess he, you know, as long as he shows up at uh, at uh, Charlotte. Right. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah. Speaking of uh, you know, the Lucas Oil Series, of course, the the season officially wraps up this weekend at the Dirt Track uh, World Championships, and it's a it's a busy weekend. There's some other stuff going on as well. And uh, as we're coming toward the end of the podcast here, I thought it'd be a good way to kind of preview it is each go around and mention one storyline we're following at the Dirt Track World Championship, something to watch for, and then maybe something else elsewhere, another race that you kind of have your eye on. Uh, again, on also kind of a busy weekend for uh, for this late in the season, although I feel like I keep saying that each week. But anyway, I'll start with you, Robert. What's uh, one thing you're, you're watching uh, at, at Portsmouth this weekend and then one thing elsewhere? Well, at the Dirt Track World Championship, you know, I'll have my eye on Tyler herb uh and that best performance motorsports team i think it's we can't overlook how many dirt track world championships best has has won of course there with two different drivers and so i think until you know will tyler herb continue to measure himself you know at the end of the year against those other two drivers based on his performance at that race probably not but i think others are going to look and say hey you know uh these two guys you know, won this race in, in this equipment. What, how come you haven't yet? So others may. So 
you know, I think that's what I'm going to kind of be watching to see if he can't finally break through right there and, and win that race because uh, he's definitely capable. And if you looked at maybe some of his comments from the past weekend being in Georgia, he was plenty in a hurry to get out of there and get back towards Ohio and, and then get back over to the Dirt Track World Championship. He he was not a big fan of those Georgia tracks. He was He's eager to get up there. So I'm looking to see how he does up there. As far as, you know, looking towards the, the weekend, you know, in general, you know, I think that I, I don't really have my eye on anything other than the Dirt Track World Championship. We don't have near as many races as we did uh, of course, there's a, a you know big race at Friendship, but uh, you know I don't I don't really think that uh, the the racing world is going to be looking many places but Portsmouth. Uh, I will throw this one thing out as my one thing. I thought it was very interesting if anybody saw um, Ashton Winger's Facebook post about uh, Gr Smith requiring him to post weekly updates. I thought that was that was pretty funny. Uh, he he. He listed off a bunch of uh, of facts, and, and only Ashton Winger can do. And, and and if you want a good laugh, go back and and get on Ashton Winger's Facebook page, follow him, like him, whatever you got to do, and check that out because it was pretty funny. It was uh, kind of a tongue in cheek report, and uh, hopefully we'll get more of those week in week out from Ashton as he continues to monitor his own progress in that Gr Smith machine. Robert is Robert is is excited to get out of here today. He must have big plans because he's already lumping his one more thing in with our our storylines for the weekend. So, but I appreciate that, Robert. Yeah, last last week I last week I I noted that you were running long on one more thing with multiple one more things. So he shortened it up this week. I, I appreciate that. Uh, Kevin, what oh, about you? What what's something <laughs> what's something you're watching uh, this weekend at the dirt track? And uh, also at, um, at any, another race you might have your eye on or something interesting going into the weekend. Uh, yeah, will Brandon Shepard be able to get, uh, you know, a signature win this year? I mean, this is the in the Dirt Track World Championship. He's a four time winner, a defending champion. I mean, he's uh, this is his race. It seems like he's written his name all over this thing. And uh, and he doesn't have that big money win. I mean, he, he hasn't gone on a big hot streak. So he's like just wins and is in top three all the time it seems like but he hasn't gotten his normal hot streaks going and uh this is the place where i mean you get a hundred thousand dollar win here to uh, kind of top off the cap off the season it'd be good put him in make a historic win too because it puts him uh tied him with we're tying with freddie smith for the most all time with five in the dirt track world championship that's a that'd be a pretty uh a big achievement for for brandon who already has so much in his career and and otherwise, uh, kind of looking away from – I wish there was a point race battle going down here in this last uh, weekend, but Tri-City Speedway has an M MLRA a doubleheader to close the uh, MLRA season. Uh, Tony Jackson Jr., though, has uh, – has seems like he has that locked up. Uh, he has a big lead over Garrett Alverson, so there's no big uh, points uh, drama. But, you know, good, good for Tony Jackson, who's uh, – man, he's really been – he's racked up the regional titles in his career. And, you know, he started the year. I mean, you know, we think back a long time ago. I think it was this year, wasn't it? Wasn't he going to start running – he started out running the World of Outlaws. He was going to uh, throw his hat in that ring, and, and that didn't last long. He ended up going back and, and going regional and wins another title uh, with MLRA. And, I mean, he's – got a lot of them and so i mean he's there's not many guys that uh 
that could match him with regional titles. So uh, congratulations to him too. Yeah, always, uh, always good to have a backup plan. Uh, if the first plan A doesn't work, uh, plan B winning another regional series title is a, is a nice backup plan there. Uh, what about you, Todd? What do you got for the dirt track and, and one other thing you watching this weekend? I mean, I I like the fact that Brandon Shepard going for his fifth win. I remember uh, watching Freddie Smith win his first uh, or his fifth dirt track world championship, and at some point that was the standard. You're like, oh my goodness, no one no one's ever going to get there, and and really it has been spread out a little bit here until the last several years when Brandon um, and then I saw Brandon win his first, and boy, that's kind of a long time ago now. But now he's won four. Boy, to win five would be uh, and to reach that level of Freddie Smith, you know, Freddie Smith was a an old grizzled veteran, you know, near retirement when he won his fifth. And here Brandon is, you know, you know, I guess in the prime of his career, but he got a lot of good years left. Uh, and he's already has four and going for five. So um, I, I'd be interested to see uh, to watch him uh, chase that uh, chase that standard. And then the other thing, you know, Robert mentioned friendship and. Those races, those kind of one-off super late model races that people throw on the schedule, it, it always interests me. I'm like, well, who's going to go to that thing? Um, and I'll be interested to see. I, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, you know, you're running, um, you know, an track that doesn't run a lot of super late model races. And, and uh, of course, it's a, on the same weekend as a big race somewhere else. So, you know, you're going to limit yourself from drawing a certain amount of, a certain type of driver. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But I always uh, Always uh, those, those races, uh, those one-off tracks can uh, turn out to be something where may hey they can maybe uh, find a spot in the calendar and have that race every year. But but oftentimes it's kind of a one and done, and and you don't hear about much again. So we'll see uh, how it goes there. Yeah, I'll mention you know real quick. I'll go in reverse order with my two storylines, and I'll mention kind of similar to what you were saying with uh, with friendship, the 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 uh, Super B Speedway, formerly Chatham. Uh, Speedway having their spooky 50 uh, this weekend, a 2000 uh, to win show on Friday and 8000 on on Saturday. Kind of, although I would say that event's you know that event's been around a little while and they've had some some uh, successful runs with that. It's kind of another one that you're wondering who's going to go. I imagine Kate Dillard uh, will be be tough down there at his home track, and then you know a guy like B.J. Robinson uh, and some, uh, be good, and then some of those Mississippi uh, and Arkansas guys, maybe comp cams type guys, will ease down there and make it a good field uh, and a good race uh, on a track that I really hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to lately, but after seeing the, the big crate race down there, uh, Super B100, the racing is really good down there, uh, or it was in that race. So looking forward, hopefully that's a good good show there. I'll say the one thing I'm watching kind of along the same lines you guys mentioned with the, the Dirt Track World Championship is a what driver can kind of can can make their season. You guys uh, mentioned Brandon Shepard making his season better, uh, you know, and what's been kind of not his – greatest year he hadn't really won a whole lot of big races you know there's some other guys that could really really use this a big win uh to really make their year a lot better and one that i'm thinking of is josh richards a guy that's i would say probably disappointed in his performance uh this season on the lucas old tour um and uh you know could kind of put that away you know i don't say you know over we'll overlook that completely uh but at least we'll make it a kind of a you know not as memorable as a big win if he could get his third uh, dirt track world championship and he obviously knows how to get the job done there when he won uh back to back uh uh dirt track world championship so um definitely would be looking and he's a guy who's capable i mean he went out to the show me and ran really well out there um earlier this year and he's had other good runs he's you know definitely capable of running well this year 
just hasn't been, you know, as, as good as usual, but this would be a, a good weekend to, to get a big win and, and kind of uh, make, make better of his, uh, of his year of his season. Uh, and then I guess that'd be it for the dirt track world championship preview we're talking about, but I think we'll do one more time around, although Robert's already got his in. We'll go one more time around here and do our, our one more thing. Uh, unless you did, you have something else you wanted for one more thing, Robert? Real quick, or are you good to go? Uh man, I'm I'm good to go. Just uh, you got, I'm eager <laughs> to hear what you guys have to say. All right, I will. Uh, I'll start off one more thing, and I'll mention uh, that while at Dixie Speedway on Saturday, I uh, talked to Cody Overton, who was in his second outing. Uh, in Jeff Matthews' own car, uh, the Florida-based team there, and talked to him. He, he ran that car at um, East Alabama, Speedway's Alabama State Championship. Had some, I believe, had a broken drive shaft that, that knocked him out early, uh, and then he missed the show at Dixie. But he is planning on – the plan for that team is uh, they're getting two new cars and uh, another hauler, and he's going to go Lucas Oil Racing next year uh, is what he said, Cody Overton. So there will be an Overton, on an, at least one Overton on a national tour, although not Brandon Overton. Uh, and Cody Overton plans to chase Lucas Oil Rookie of the Year. At least tentatively, that's their plan uh, for next year in two new uh, Rocket XR1s, which was another interesting thing talked about him with him. His, uh, you know, the difference driving style, how he feel, feels like the Rockets fit him better than his brother, who, of course, has had lots of success in Longhorns. Robert, did you decide you wanted to jump in here? Yes, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, announce uh, that I'm going to run the full World of Outlaws tour next year. Uh, <laughs> that way, when I when I get to speed I'll be in line for uh, a thousand emergency provisionals, so we can have those thirty and thirty-five car fields down there. That's, so you heard it here first. Breaking news: I'll be I'll be me and my crate motor, be it be it Volusia. It's a whole nother debate on, uh, you know, the, the, when when can, should you be allowed to uh, announce intentions to run a national tour? But anyway, I, I, that is a team that has seems to have a lot of resources. I think, you know, they may be able to start out the year with intentions of doing that. Kevin, what do you got for one more thing? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go across the border here for the for uh, from Saturday night uh, in Canada. The uh, Brent Rio Brent Rio uh, Memorial was held at uh, so South uh, Ontario Motor Speedway, and Andrew Rio, uh, his uh, his son, uh, ended up winning the race. And it was it's pretty neat that uh, I mean pretty emotional. I mean uh, Andrew hadn't even raced his own race car since 20 September of 2019 uh, at Eldora the at the Baltus Memorial that I mean Baltus Classic that was the last time he'd even run. He he couldn't come over the border. This past year, uh, since, well, since March of 2020, he hasn't been able to cross the border to race. And it, with the low, I mean, it's not a big purse. Only track around him is really a Southern Ontario Speedway. And, and it's, you know, he's, he doesn't pull his own car out there. It's a, it's a small purse, about 800, 900 to win. So he's kind of saving. And he wants to, he wants to run Eldoras and, and the bigger track. So, uh, but he did pull out, put a throwback scheme to, to, to his father, uh, number 77 on his car for, for the race. And, and him and his family actually were the ones that organized the entire event. They were the ones that brought up $25,000 in sponsorship for the race. We were able to make the race pay $7,777 uh, $7, to win. Um, and so that, that was – and because of that, he knows that people be like, well, you're – he's – probably the best driver in that area. He's got, he's, uh, he's been in, he's been in a world 100 and he knew that the impression would be like, Oh, you're, you're making this race pay so much so you can win so much. And he ended up dominating the race, 
but he said he was donating half of his winnings to the Ronald McDonald House chapter that's kind of close to the in that area uh, because he said his father was always involved with a lot with his businesses and just his personal personal way uh, with a lot of kids programs in the area buying bikes for kids and, and all kinds of stuff like that so he decided to do donate half of his winnings uh, to there to be like oh hey I'm not just taking this I'm not just having this race so that I can hopefully win it you know which but it was very exciting for him to win because he got to take that trophy home and uh, and and, uh, and enjoy winning a race in honor of his father. Yeah, definitely to see uh, that they're uh, getting back to racing up there with the big races up there. I know the border issue obviously has caused some you know some some problems with that. So uh, good to see that that race was held this year and and uh, you know kind of a special moment there. So definitely a good deal. Todd, what about you? Our, our last one more thing for the week. Yeah, first I have a correction. I think with that McCready thing, I said uh, uh, North Georgia in 1993. I, I think you know, me, and, me and Tim were having problems with our yeah. dates. I think it was 2003 or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 93. He hadn't even raced the late model. He hadn't even raced the modified yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet he had cool hair because I know throughout his career he's had cool hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so my one more thing is actually a plea to listeners and uh, other uh, readers of the website to, to help us out, round out our list of uh, track and series champions. Uh, if you go to the front page of Dirt on Dirt uh, on our story listings, you'll see there uh, we're uh, keeping track of 2021 track champions. Uh, some of those are harder to track down than others. Uh, we often make appeals to tracks uh, and such. Uh, also, sometimes the scoring of uh, the points aren't complete or there's some other discrepancy that makes us uh, maybe list the wrong champion uh, or just another error or mistake. Anyway, I would uh, ask you if you uh, if you have a favorite late model track and you keep track of the champions, uh, uh, go to our website and make sure you, we have the right one listed and we like to have a complete listing of that uh, so we can have our history, uh, history uh, um, throughout the years uh, include the track champion. So thanks for uh, any input you can give us. There you go. And if they see one missing, how would do they uh, email you directly, Todd, or who would they? they uh, I, would, uh, I would say contact. you can either tweet or or TikTok us or however you do that these days, <laughs> or email me at Todd at DirtOnDirt.com. If you TikTok, you it has go. to be a dance or something, though, right? Yes. It has to be in dance form. So, All right. yes, it does. Is there? I don't know if there is a dirt on dirt TikTok yet. We'll have to, have to look into that. But uh, anyway, that's gonna be. do it. There should be. Yeah, if there isn't, there should be. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the podcast. We appreciate everyone listening, and hope everybody has a great week. We will be back again next week. 